Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to the Double Density Podcast. This is episode nine with your hosts, Brian and Angelo. So, Angelo, how are you doing today? Because I know that you are just about to burst with wanting to talk about your lord and savior, the Apple Corporation. You got to stop with that. I, I'm not that crazy, right? I, well, just... uh, did you not? Well, anyways, get into your story. We'll talk about that in a sec. But you did something uh, involving Apple very recently, no? So the uh, as we record, the new iPads came out this week, the iPads Pros. Uh, so I wanted a 12.9-inch iPad. I think I've discussed this in the past. But I wanted to go see both of them in person. And luckily, I work uh, just a stone's throw away from the Apple Store in downtown Montreal. And I walked over and took a look at both of them. And the 10.5 is really nice, thin bezels and all. but. I think I still like the uh, dinner tray-like 12.9-inch iPad. Uh, I held them both much lighter, the 10.5, for obvious reasons. But I think I want that big screen, especially if we're going to be uh, on the on occasion using that as a live podcast recording thing. Uh, and especially if I want to do some music recording with it, I think the bigger screen will help out. Bigger screen and bigger bigger storage size, too. No, the storage sizes are all the same. You can get 64, 256, or 512. Okay. Right now, I'm trying to decide between 64 and 256. Uh, the difference is 130 bucks, but $130 gets you... This is Canadian. 130 bucks gets you uh, quadruple the storage space, though. So I think I may get the 256, uh, especially for the music and all that. So, And I'm not planning on buying an Apple Pencil. And it so happens that the Apple Pencil is 130 bucks, so uh, I'll, I'll chalk it up to that. But you already have an Apple Pencil. It's called your finger. I guess. Yeah, it's not as precise, but uh, I don't do much drawing. Well, couldn't you use another stylus? Like, are there off-brand styluses, styles, I guess, that you can buy? No, not any that work as like the Apple Pencil, right? Because the Apple Pencil actually is Bluetooth-enabled. And it uh, it requires uh, it has a battery and everything, so it's not like the uh, the regular styluses that come where it's basically like the it it uh, I guess simulates the tip of a, of a finger. It's not that. It's it's actually very precise. In the future, I might get one, but for now, I think it's going to be the uh, two fifty six. Uh, not sure about the color. I don't really care too much about the color. I think I do want black though i guess it's it's better when you're when you're watching something a black a black around the screen i find but i have a, a white ipad mini and it's fine so these are the decisions that mark your day-to-day life yeah i'll be uh calling my contact at the apple store tomorrow and he'll be placing the order for me as a friends and family deal that sounds so clandestine like i have to <laughs> use my carrier pigeon in order to get that discount well yeah because if it wasn't for that i would have bought it like yesterday, but I'd rather save the huge amount of money I'd be saying, saving with his, with his family and friends discount. It's, I think it's like 25%. So I feel like it's a big burning desire in you to acquire this immediately almost. It is. There's that desire in me, but I, the, the rational part of my brain says it doesn't really matter when you get it because it'll all be the same at the end of the day, right? You'll, you'll just get it a few days earlier, but it doesn't really change much in my life at all. It's not going to add uh, significantly to what I do day to day. Uh, my iPad mini still works fine for watching YouTube videos and most and Netflix and reading. Well, actually, I've, had, I've been having a lot of trouble with reading on my iPad mini, mainly uh, because it crashes so often now, because websites have become a lot more demanding in the last uh, four years since I initially got it. 
but it still works okay. Speaking of uh, websites and uh, buffering and loading, have you found that there are a lot more ads that ask more of your device on the internet? It's getting pretty bad. Um, and uh, this is something that a lot of uh, browsers are trying to combat. Google's going to be having uh, an ad blocker automatically with Chrome. Although there's been some debate about that because Google has a lot to gain by blocking certain ads, especially since they are a huge majority of ads on the internet. Uh, My friends at Apple also uh, have a new version of Safari coming out in the fall with uh, iOS. uh, No, sorry, not iOS. With um, Actually, I don't know if it'll be on iOS as well, but the version in High Sierra is going to have its own uh, uh, tracker blocker i guess would be the right term but it'll uh it'll prevent things from uh from tracking you as well as a really welcome feature uh it'll stop autoplay videos i don't know if you've gone to any websites with those horrible audio play video autoplay videos that i just have start. and yeah and for i think safari is one of the last browsers that allows that to happen it happens on chrome i mean i mainly use firefox and i can sort of uh really say that yeah with that there's there are add-ons that you can use Oh yeah, yeah, no. There, there's add-ons. I have one on Safari and I have one on on Chrome, but they don't block the um, the autoplay. I have a little button I can click to stop it from making noise. And there's some sites that are so horrible that you you stop the video and then you scroll down and then the video comes along with you. Forbes is really bad with that. Uh, the Forbes website, the Forbes yeah. magazine website. I was on there last week for some reason, uh, reading something business and techie, obviously. And yeah, when you scroll down, it follows you and starts playing again. See and. The the ads on the web are, are are really annoying. On my iPhone, I have uh, I use one blocker. Uh, I actually paid for that. It was worth every penny. I at one point I said, "Oh, let me turn it off and see how sites are." And I, I lasted one website visit. And then, do you want just, to name that website? The Verge. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I, I was expecting something more exotic out of you, but I guess, I guess not. No, The Verge. Uh, there actually, The Verge isn't as bad as they used to be. Um, iMore is pretty bad, uh, even though their content's fantastic. Uh, and so, uh, Macworld is really bad. Like they're, they're held up as the example of, uh, autoplay videos in, uh, in the Apple sphere. Even I mean, I just, I just generally there. get angry. So I'm of two minds. Like I get that you need to make money in order for your site to continue. And that's why uh, things like ad blockers do exist, but on the same time they've become, so obnoxious. I mean, not as obnoxious as like early 2000 pop-up ads, but at the same time, uh, they get to me. They get to me on a consistently regular basis. They're, they're frustrating. And one of the things I like about podcasts are uh, podcast ad reads that are read by the actual hosts. I'm, I rarely skip those, if ever, when they're read within the, the, contents of the context of the podcast. I'll sometimes skip ones that are, uh, let's say they cut to a break and it's a more canned ad read, not, and sometimes even worse, not read by the host of the show. Uh, but when they're read by the host of the show, I usually actually enjoy listening to them talk about whatever product they're, they're advertising because they usually have some good insight on it. And most of the podcasts I listen to don't actually uh, advertise products they, don't, they wouldn't actually use themselves, which is something I find really good. Beyond that, more often than not, I listen to podcasts that are free, right? So I'm willing to sit down and 
listen to a couple of ads in order to trade off free content for it. So I get it. And you're trying to have sponsors in order to keep your podcast sustainable. And you often, you know, often podcasts do give out free products. Well, I, um, I don't actually pay for any of the podcasts I listen to. I pay for one. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's two fifty USD a month. Okay, I I uh, am a member of uh, of Relay FM where I give them five bucks a month, but I, that's my choice. Uh, and uh, because of that, they uh, in the in the summer every summer they have uh, a whole bunch of special episodes that only members can listen to. Right, I had the same thing. It's instead of uh, um, episodes, it's a lot of free music that you you can't necessarily get anywhere else that you can download. And, put on your device or put on your computer and um, that's not available to regular listeners. So the way that it works is that um, the uh, network website puts it up and then five days later it ends up on SoundCloud and iTunes, et cetera. But SoundCloud and iTunes only hold, I think the last 10 episodes, whereas the full archive is, is available behind the paywall. As always, the double density podcast is open to a bevy of sponsors. If you're interested in helping us produce this show or get your uh, content or product featured, go ahead and hit us up. You can email us at double density podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us double underscore density. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash double density podcast. And we also have the same username for Instagram. So it's double density podcast. So Angela, I'm hoping that someone takes us up on this. That'd be great. Double density. As we record this, this week, E3 is going on and a lot of the uh, big titans of the video game world have been uh, displaying their upcoming wares, right? So I don't know if you've been tuning into any of that at all. I caught a bit of the Microsoft one. Um, so they're doing Microsoft Xbox One X, I think. Uh, and they're making games cross-platform, so in between the Xbox and the Windows uh, games, which I think is very interesting. I wonder how that's going to pan out. I do think it's going to hurt uh, console uh, sales in terms of PC versus console, but hey, we'll see how it plays out. The only thing I've actually paid attention to, even though I own a PS4, I haven't really been paying attention too much to... Do you hear that in the background? Do I have to stop? No, I don't hear anything. Oh, my dry, my dishwasher is, is slowly draining. Hold on, I'll wait until it finishes because it's normally quite quiet and that's like loud as a freight train. Breaking the flow here with your loss of thought and your Internet of Things house. It's not an Internet of Things, it's just a regular... Oh, it's, it's not it's not on the internet no it's not wi-fi enabled no it's not connected to the internet you're gonna keep that in the show aren't you we'll see we'll see so <laughs> so, anyways, so, yeah. e so yeah. even though i have a ps4 i haven't really followed much of the sony stuff i have no idea what's happening with them but uh, i was excited to see a few things by our friends over at nintendo uh, i don't have a switch yet i may eventually get one we'll see how uh, things are going later on in the year. Top priority, of course, is a new iPad. Uh, but they showed some more gameplay from Mario, Mario, Mario Odyssey. And that comes out on October 27th, which is the day after my 40th birthday. So, so if you haven't had a chance to see uh, the trailer, we're going to link it down in the show notes. But as someone who watched it, so they have a, like there's a, a whole song like behind yes, the, the, song. the video. I, I loved it. Also, it's got Mario riding a dinosaur, and it seems to be themed on Mario hats. Yeah, it looks like he throws his hat and then gain, and then either takes control of the thing or gains whatever power that thing has. Yeah, like, and then he, like, at one point he throws it onto a frog and he becomes the frog. Like, it's there's a lot going on there. I feel like 
there may be a minor issue uh, in the level where Mario is wearing a poncho and sombrero. Some people may call this as cultural reappropriation instead of the fun uh, that it is, and I can see that becoming a bit of a problem if ever uh, that were to enter the spotlight, because these are modern times, of course. Well, I um, I took notes on it as soon as I saw it, and one of the notes I put down is that it looks very Nintendo in that it's super weird. So also one of the things that I noticed is that Mario at one point is wearing a tuxedo, and it's like a white tuxedo, and he looks like um, the Charlie character from the show It's Always Sunny during the Dayman Nightman episode, because um, he dresses up in a tuxedo uh, to put on the play. I've never actually seen It's Always Sunny. Oh. Well, I'll show you a picture later, and I think you'll agree with me. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think Bowser's at a wedding or something. It, I think he's trying to force a wedding with Peach, and so that leads me to my question. Are you? Ti- I love the bouquet. Are you tired of the Mario Saving Peach trope? No. It's a video no. game. It's it's a video gamey video game. It's all fine. But I, I, I hope one day, I hope there's a twist in this one where uh, the whole first half of the game is him saving her, and then he gets captured and you play as her. There might be one of those games for sure. I, I like... I. I actually really enjoy controlling Peach when I when I play Mario, the Super Mario 3D World. Uh, what about get, Mario 2? Yes, well, that's the thing. Super Mario 3D World played off of Mario 2 in that you have the same four characters from that one, and they have the same four abilities. So Mario's all around, Peach floats, uh, Toad is fast and can pick things up quickly, and uh, Luigi jumps like a crazy person. But... Um, I, I actually played through most of that game using Peach because she controls so well. It's the best, honestly. Like, if you're playing any other character, it's because you're trying to challenge yourself. Well, speaking of uh, female protagonists, one of my total favorites, uh, well, of any type of protag- protagonist, male or female, uh, Samus is coming back in two new Metroid games, not just one. Uh, one of them being for the 3DS, which I guess isn't dead yet. Uh, and that's nice to see. It's uh, called Metroid Samus Returns, and I believe it's based on uh, Metroid 2, which was originally a Game Boy game. Back. Yeah, and I had that. And it has one of the scariest commercials of all time. I don't know if you remember it. I don't remember it. We'll have to link I'll have to, to it. Yeah, I'll have to link to it. But um, I specifically remember seeing that commercial. Uh, so our local CTV affiliate aired uh, 1989's Batman, maybe, uh, I want to say 90-ish. And... Uh, in in the blocks of commercials was the Metroid Two for Game Boy uh, commercial in there, and it was super scary to my six year old mind oh, or five year old six. mind. Wow, you're young back then. Uh, yeah, that uh, I I really like Metroid, uh, as you know, and um, but uh, that one looks great. And and Metroid Prime Four, which I guess is a, a Switch game. Uh, I was kind of sad that there were no Metroid games that actually came out for the came out for the Wii U. I would have really bought one of those for sure i feel like the wii u by and large was just a stopgap though like as soon as nintendo saw the sales figures i feel like they stepped away from it and sort of decided to regroup for the switch which they have fantastically i think yeah at least zelda came out and i'm having a a grand old time with that still so but metroid prime 4 that these games uh that and mario odyssey may push me towards getting an actual uh, switch uh, sometime in the next uh, calendar year and um there's also breath of the wild dlc coming out at the end of the month yeah yeah yeah, that looks great i mean i, I haven't gotten that far into breath of the wild i've only uh, defeated one of the divine beasts but uh so do you play just yourself or like are you forcing yourself to play while your kids are there too i'm a mix of the like i'm doing a lot of boring stuff when the kids aren't around so going exploring the map and uh 
doing a few things, but uh, a lot of stuff I'm doing with the kids. I went through the divine, the first divine beast uh, I came across with uh, with my daughter, who was actually really helpful, uh, more helpful than I thought she would be, and actually better at solving the puzzles than I was. I feel like that might be an ongoing trope in between the two as she grows up if she decides to play more video games. Yeah, the teacher surpassing the master or whatever. <laughs> or whatever he says defensively. <laughs> Sorry, that's not true. No, whatever, the, the student surpassing the teacher. I don't even... <laughs> uh, I totally screwed up that saying. See, I'm, I'm senile at this point. Another video game that was announced uh, this week was Wolfenstein 2, which looks uh, amazing. So it's Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus looks great. I'm very excited for it. Um, Wolfenstein is one of the few modern slash classic franchises that I really do care about. So I think I might need to get myself a modern system in order to play this. Um, But yeah, it looks great. I'm very excited by it. And I know a lot of the fans are too. I've not played Wolfenstein since uh, the the shareware days of the original Wolfenstein. And that's the game that got me to buy a sound card on my old PC, my 16... Uh, I was about to say gigahertz, but that's not true. 16 megahertz, 386SX PC. Well, I have good news for you, Angelo. Did you know that you can play the original Wolfenstein 3D, all of the levels, including the secret ones, right inside your browser? That's pretty amazing. It's uh, modern day technology, right? So it's super freaky. So yeah, I just discovered this recently, but it's been up since 2012, which shows how in the loop I am. But yeah, you can actually play Wolfenstein 3D inside of your browser. Um free of charge and it's fantastic and it's a lot of fun and it definitely brings me back to my windows 3.1 days like that you're saying before the shareware uh days and if you're interested in learning more about the development of wolfenstein 3d i don't know if you've ever read this but there's a great book called masters of doom by david kushner that goes into um its software's infancy and how uh, it came to be from commander keen and wolfenstein 3d and goes into the doom and quake years so it's it's really a great read if you're interested in learning more about how these games came to be. We'll definitely put in the show notes. But returning to the games themselves, uh, uh, do you have a favorite first-person shooter? Uh, uh, Metroid Prime. If you can call that a first-person shooter, I guess you can. Let, let's stretch it and say yes. Yeah, no, I think so. It, it is a first-person shooter, so yes, Metroid Prime. But uh, Wolfenstein 3D is the first one I played. I remember uh, that was in... I guess in early high school where we were passing around the disc with it and uh it was uh it was pretty mind blowing uh, the the whole first person thing and how gross it was and then once you got the sound card working it was pretty amazing the sounds you got out of there so for me it either has to be Wolfenstein 3D Quake um Perfect Dark or actually Return to Castle Wolfenstein which came out in 2001 which is a really really fun first person shooter um that expands on the lore a lot i really enjoyed playing that that was PS2? I had a P I had the PC. It was on PC, okay. Huh. Yeah, no, I never really got into the, all those. I played Doom, I guess, but I wouldn't call it my favorite. So yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm cheating by calling Metroid Prime my favorite first person shooter, but there we are, right? I'm surprised you didn't say three D Noah's Ark. Three D Noah's Ark? What the hell's that? So it is, so uh, this is a crazy story. So it is a bootleg. So it's Super 3D Noah's Ark for the Super Nintendo. And it's a Christian theme first person shooter by Wisdom Tree. So Wisdom Tree did a bunch of NES games. And I think this might be one of the few SNES games. But the funny thing is that the guys at It Software actually licensed their engine <laughs> to Wisdom Tree to make this game because they thought it was so hilarious. It's pretty much the opposite of Doom. Yeah, pretty much. And it's Noah going around trying to, you know, uh, shore up his arc huh, so it's based on an historical event yeah 
<laughs> yeah, so I mean, one of the things, for example, is that you have to like keep uh, attacking animals down, like mostly goats, though, from what I remember, um, as well as sheep and things like antelopes. Um, so yeah, so the basically it came out and licensed that to uh, Wisdom Tree in order to make that. Because I had heard of Wisdom Tree before. They they play they had a few NES people games. like a um, angry video game nerd and other YouTubers have made a lot of videos about the, how bad the Wisdom Tree games are for the Nintendo mostly so um, it's no surprise if that name sounds like uh, you recognize it. So you were talking about the the emulator for Wolfenstein 3D that's uh, browser based from 2012. You said it's browser based and it's from 2012. Uh, Correct. Double density bringing you the news five years later, <laughs> uh, but. We had uh, spoken about, I think, in our first episode, the uh, the Mac emulator that we had found online. Well, right, yes. we had found it. We hadn't found it, but we had heard about it. And uh, just recently, uh, I came across an article uh, about the Mac emulator uh, because of our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. He had tweeted about it, which is c- kind of neat that our Prime Minister used to play Mac games. Um, but because of that article, there was a link to an, uh, another article, which was from 1982. And it was about using a computer. So the article is not about using a computer in 1982. It was written in 1982 about using a computer to write that article. And it was really interesting to go through. Uh, and it's, it, it, felt, it almost felt like time traveling, don't you think? It was, uh, when I first read it, I was kind of incredulous in terms of the costs associated to personal computing in the 1980s, right? Like it's just, it's in the thousands, if not of tens of thousands. In today's money? No, even it's even worse now. They're more expensive than the actual figures now, but in today's money, that money would be even more, right? Well, for sure. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's easily uh, in the tens of thousands, if not 20,000 uh, 20, uh, yeah. in today's dollars in order to be able to have one of these machines that does almost nothing. You know, it, does, it does nothing. It, the... My uh, my dishwasher that made noise earlier has more computing power than these things. One of my favorite parts of the article, or like not favorite, I guess, because it's kind of sad. <laughs> but uh, uh, the author talks about um, using t- uh, tape drives instead of disk drives because disk drives are much more expensive, right? So just the the half like the hazardous ways in which you can lose your information with tape drives. And and then he took uh, he said he took the. He took the bargain route uh, with the uh, in moving uh, from tapes to a disk drive. Like he bought, um, he bought one instead of two, and uh, used the small disks instead of the large disks. And the small disks were the five and a quarter, and the large were the eight inch. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, like to us, the five and a quarter ones are the giant ones. Yeah, those are just you know something that you show off. They're a party trick. Well, I have one on my desk. I actually have an eight-inch one on my desk. <laughs> that sounds funny. I have a uh, that we. Uh, I think we we uh, Instagram that one because it looks so much like our our logo. But uh, it's it's a novelty item at this point. It's huge. It is so. Um, the so some of the figures from the article. So a small Winchester disk drive, which can store two thousand pages of data at once, will cost you about two thousand dollars in uh, nineteen eighty-two money. Oof. I'm 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 debating uh, how much storage to get on my iPad, and it's a difference of $130 for 256 gigabytes. I I don't even want to do the calculation about how much that is for in comparison to that. Right, and there's always whenever I read an article like this, I always think of that quote that's attributed to Bill Gates, but um, 
I'm not sure he actually ever said that about the, you know, the, it might be anachronistic. Yeah. Yeah. So 640 K of memory ought to be enough for anybody. And at the time of that, that was said, it was true. You know, you say now uh, 512 gigabyte hard drive is enough for anybody in terms of a regular consumer. But when you think of 64 K, like a tweet you send out is more than 64 K. And I mean, at one point the iPad 17 may have, you know, 8 K uh, video capabilities, right? So trying to save uh, that into 256 gigabytes isn't a lot of time when you really think about breaking it down. Yeah, there are a couple of YouTubers now that uh, publish in 8K, but nobody can actually watch the videos, really. Oh, yeah. Well, the, 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 so I think we talked about this the last episode, um, or the uh, episode uh, seven about affordable tech, right? So it's always these first people, um, the uh, rich and or hooked up who... Um, are able to be the trendsetters and then it trickles down into consumer tech, right? So I think that these people shooting in 8K probably have invested a lot of money in their equipment setup, only not to have that many people be able to view them right now. But five or 10 years down the line, it may be way more feasible to have a 4K or an 8K setup. Absolutely. And uh, the person I'm talking, the YouTuber I'm talking about is MKBHD. And he, he even says it, that uh, it, it's so there's so much going into rendering even the 8k he's he's looking forward to the new Macs uh, that are coming out because uh, the five thousand dollar one uh, well whatever he's he's wondering he did he actually uh, released a video late uh, recently <laughs> wondering if the the iMac pro is a trap because he'll end up getting that one and then he'll have to buy the the new Mac pro that'll come out later on because it's uh it's so it seems so great because he needs to use a Mac Pro. He's using an older Mac Pro because all of the video he renders, an iMac doesn't cut it for him. And um, so because what, what he does, it's uh, the Mac Pro, even though it's slower, I think, in single-threaded counts. I don't even know how this works, really. It's a little over my head, but it's, it's faster for video editing. And uh, when these new iMacs come out, it'll actually be a lot better for him. But he's wondering if he'll have to wait for the Mac Pro, this this mythical Mac Pro that... Apple's teased us with, but we have no idea what it'll be. Right. Uh, returning to the James uh, Fallows article uh, from 1982, Living with the Computer, one of the other things that he talks about is the cost of a printer and how fast those are. So that's <laughs> kind of interesting to read. And that he also uh, taught himself basic in his spare time so that he can uh, create programs in order by which he can calculate his tax returns. That was actually really interesting to, to read that and, and to see how far we've come and that you don't really need to create your own programs anymore you just press a button on your magical phone and you'll have something that'll really help you out one thing that uh, was pointed on the article though that i think is persistent today is that no matter what computer age we live in uh spending too much time on a computer can lead to your wife or significant other ignoring you that's true mine is upstairs ignoring me now (laughs) you don't even need technology for that one no i guess not Double Density. Welcome back to the Double Density Podcast. And this week, there is no shortage of weird and fantastical things that you and I could talk about, Angelo. Uh, At the top of my list is a recent video by a YouTuber whose name is Russian Vids, don't ask me why, um, comparing uh, James Hetfield uh, to the Illuminati. So saying that James Hetfield of Metallica fame is is honestly part of the Illuminati. So the video is six minutes long, and it's one of these weird strains of YouTube videos that ties together concepts with a very, very 
very loose narrative. So at the beginning, they talk about uh, Hetfield doing an interview about uh, Chris Cornell of Soundgarden's passing, and then he freeze frames it and starts drawing all over the place. So uh, a couple of, of notes. So at one point, uh, he shows a still image, I guess it was a publicity photo, of James Hetfield wearing the band Venom. They have a shirt, and uh, him going into the significance of how evil uh, the band Venom is and how uh, wearing a shirt like that is actually a satanic move. He also equates their album title Ride the Lightning with Ride the uh, with Satan. So apparently uh Luke 1018 uh in the Bible apparently describes Satan as lightning, so therefore Metallica is riding with Satan. And it also shows a still image of James Hetfield, Marilyn Manson, who apparently the double M means 33, which is the devil's number, Ozzy Osbourne, and uh, he singles them out, except the best part is right in the middle of the photo is Limp Biscuit's Fred Durst, who uh-huh. dutifully gets ignored. Oh boy, poor 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 him. Oh, but it, that's only the tip of the iceberg, though, because uh, the video then segues into a whole uh, segment about how Metallica are homosexuals. So there's a photo of a drunk, probably uh, cheeky Lars kissing James on the cheek. Oh, no, you know, scandalous. They're, they're gay for life. Apparently, Metallica is being groomed to socially program the public into believing that the homosexual agenda is correct. Also, long hair, very oppositional, according to the Bible. So we got to watch out for long hairs. Didn't Jesus have long hair? You got me there. You got yeah. me there. There's also a pic of Lars and James with Ricky Martin and uh, the guy narrating the video keeps saying, who knows what they did after suggesting homosexual acts as if, you know, the YouTuber never did anything to impress women, like go to a Ricky Martin concert with her. So I'm just tossing that one out there. I don't know if they were there of their own volition or because they had women in their lives that were interested in Ricky Martin. Who knows? So does he insinuate that all of Metallica is Illuminati or just James Hetfield? Uh, all the all of Metallica is Illuminati and all of Metallica is gay. Okay. So also, so this is the thing, and I'll I'll just finish up with this one because this is the end of the video. Yeah, because you have me stumped. So at the end of the video, they show a uh, the Rush video closer to the heart and quote lyrics about how the world's a weird place and how uh, it might be programmed. He also goes into the Meatloaf song "Life Is a Lemon" and I want my money back. And then to end the video, he shows a screenshot of his numerology numerology calculator and realizes that when you type in meatloaf, the number and name count up to 33 somehow. Oh, geez. So this, all of this happens in a six minute span with obviously MS paint level, um, drawing and circles and things like that. And, and displays and, uh, just, it keeps jumping from, uh, subject to subject, tying Metallica into all of these things because clearly they are, Long-haired Illuminati gay lovers riding with Satan. Oh, I, I don't even know where to go with this. But I mean, you've—I read the article you sent me. I, 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 I didn't dare press on the video for some reason. I don't, I don't know why, and I'm glad I didn't because it, you explaining it uh, made it a little more coherent to me than probably watching the video. It sounds like some... He seems like a Glenn Beck type guy with the, the drawing and stuff like that. He's like, honestly, like the Illuminati's um, John Madden. <laughs> that's really, great. that's what it is. This is the second week in a row you mentioned John Madden. People need to stop drawing on still images or videos in a John Madden-esque way, and then I will stop, obviously. Last week you said researcher in the John Madden kind of way, and now... Uh, Illuminati coach. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it, and I mean, I know you've watched some kind of video that's kind of like this, right? Where there's, there's no, it's just a voiceover with um, still images or clips of 
other media that uh, are used to tie together a very loose narrative about a subject. Well, it, it reminds me of the the loose change video, sort of. Uh, See, that's what I was thinking of at first too. That's really that's, that's kind of I don't want to use this word, but it's kind of ground zero. Oh wow! I see what you did there. <laughs> when you when you start talking about videos like this, right? It's it's almost like a trope of hopping on the conspiracy theory uh, side of YouTube and just watching these videos hour after hour, where um, the production values are quite low. Uh, there's a lot of drawing on still images. There's a lot of really strange, abrupt conclusions, and the tying together of a lot of different sorts of media in order to make a point that's not really a point because if you thought about it for five minutes, you realize. Uh, tying all of these things together doesn't really uh, make sense in a rational way. And did you happen to notice how many views uh, this video has? So because this got passed around a bunch of news websites, like Metal News, uh, yeah. it has 23,000 videos. But the dude looks like he averages a couple of hundred to a couple of thousand per video apart from that. Oh, okay, so it's not, it's not uh, huge numbers. Uh, unlike uh, the other video we want to talk about so we're we're on a youtube sort of bent tonight with the paranormal so it's a mixing of the technology and the paranormal completely here we've come to the to the the it's peak double density at this point or the ground zero of double density if you'd like uh, yes so uh <laughs> <laughs> one of uh our favorite youtube teams I, I say our because you're the one who introduced me to them is um h3hd productions with ethan and uh, Hila Klein. Uh, they're great. They're they're two of uh, my favorite people on the internet, to, to be quite honest. And they just recently passed four million subscribers, and congratulations to them. They deserve it. Uh, I also saw an ad pre-roll for the video that we're about to talk about, so I hope that they're making some money off that too. I, I hope so because they've been having some trouble on YouTube because of the way they've been monetizing videos, and they've been losing out a lot. And they're now on Twitch as well. And they have a podcast, which is really great. And their podcast has been having a lot of a paranormal bent uh, since they kind of relaunched it a few weeks ago. But and the funny thing is, like the newest episode is like three hours long, right? Yeah, it's three hours long. It's it's one of the it's like a, a different uh, news uh, things that's ha that have happened in the past few weeks. They don't have a, a specific guest, but people drop in. And this week, one of their favorite people dropped in, and it's Post Malone. They seem to be, uh, become fast friends with him, and he's he's a lot of fun on those shows. Uh, but not... as I discussed with you, like how old do you think he is? I I thought he was in his thirties, to be honest, and then I found out he was how old, Brian? Like twenty or twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's bad. Like he looks like a, a rough thirty six. Yeah, but he's he sounds. He's well. He, the way he speaks too, he doesn't sound like a twenty one year old. Yeah, he's actually quite uh, intelligent most of the time. See, but the thing too is you should never rely on me in order to tell someone's age. Oh, well, me neither. I have no idea how, how old people are. Uh, Quick story. I once, uh, when I used to work as a busboy at a, um, uh, a higher end Italian restaurant in my teens and a woman who uh, did occasional shifts there um, said, hey, uh, how old do you think I am? No. And I guessed very wrong and I did not get any portion of her tips that night. Why do people do that to themselves? I don't know. But it turns out cocaine is a really bad life choice if uh, you're in your 30s because yeah. you'll look like you're in your 40s or 50s. Oops. So getting back to H3H3, uh, one of their videos this week was about somebody named Lance Stewart, who was a former Viner. And uh, they've been complaining a lot on YouTube, actually, that lately that all these uh, former Viners have come to YouTube and are just uh it's like these young kids show up and make a mess of you in your house youtube is now a trailer uh, park 
the, the, really honestly that's what it is when you really think about those diviners yeah the th- and they all apparently all live on this in the same building or something weird like that it's a very strange thing see now that's a conspiracy theory right there is it not true i have no idea but what i'm saying is like why do they live together what what is there to hide viners oh i don't know but this guy apparently is haunted they they started making fun of him because his videos are kind of cheesy and it's all about promotion and and plugging and he talks about how uh Basically, he's just giving links and hashtags of himself in his own videos. What he also does is he does that thing that attracts uh, teenage boys in that he over-sexualizes his uh, YouTube thumbnails as well as uh, video titles in order to get people to click on it when there's very little actual sexualized content in there. Yeah, that's one of the points they brought up on their video. Uh, But the main thing is now is all of a sudden he's attracted demons after playing with a Ouija board. One of the fakest videos, uh, or series of videos I've ever seen, but that's just the way that I feel about it. But apparently, a lot of teens fall for things like cheap stunts and cheap effects, right? The comments are mind-blowing, where a lot of people are calling him out for being fake. Uh, Ethan is obviously doing this on his, on his, on his, in this video, and rightfully so. But if you go look at the comments, there are people defending him to the end. And um, the Ouija board is super fake looking. You see him grabbing it. And then uh, later on, there's a scene he essentially stole from uh, Paranormal Activity. And Ethan and he'll actually show a a side-by-side split screen of the scene from Paranormal Activity and what he does in his video. And they also caught the uh, green screen of of where they show there's a a bottle of lotion next to his bed. Uh, which is in itself incriminating. And uh, they show how it kind of splits in half because because of the green screen. So after all this, um, in getting ready for tonight's episode, because we we're going to talk about this, I, I went to his, his YouTube channel. And the most recent video, it might not be the most recent when you listen to this, but it's, uh, it's titled, It's All Fake. I said, ah, oh, well, this ruins our whole segment. We were going to talk about how he's trying to pass this off as real, and uh, now he's admitting it's all fake. Well, I guess good on him, so I let me watch the video. Nope, he's doubling down. So I watched this video, too, and I don't even, I think, honestly, like it's the height of his form of clickbait because he never addressed the title at all. No, not at all. It's, it's part of his way of, of getting clicks, and he's getting a lot of clicks. And I think that's what really bothers Ethan and Hila. They, they work so hard on creating really great content, really intelligent content, and then garbage like this gets millions more views. So to me, what it is too is I think that like he stumbled upon a narrative that works for him and works for his core audience. And even in the face of clearly fabricated scenes and clearly fabricated cheap stunts and effects, he continues because he knows that his core audience cares more about that than about the fake media reporting about um, the staging of these videos. Yeah, I guess I guess uh, H3H3 is now uh, New York Times of uh, YouTube because they're reporting on uh, actual facts and this guy is refuting them. But it, and then did you watch the rest of the video? The rest of the video is pretty much garbage of his... his his crappy uh, blog, a vlog that he's trying to emulate uh, Casey Neistat, who uh, whose vlogs are, are, I mean, top notch. I don't know if you, I, you've told me you're not a big fan of his, but 
I've watched a bunch. I I understand why people can enjoy them. They're not for me, but they are well produced, well put together pieces. And he's a genuine person. Like he's seeing him uh, when he how the way he interacts with people, the way he talks, the things he says. He makes his own mistakes, but he'll be the first to admit them. And uh, he did an actual really great video. Uh, him and uh, and Ethan and Hilal did a crossover. And those were really great videos that they did together. It was a lot of fun to watch those. So I think that like a lot of this video bothers me because of the fact that it's clearly staged and um, it's clearly artificial. And even his whole personality seems very, very artificial. Like everything he says and does just aims to create a quote unquote character in order for him to monetize himself and his brand. Right. And he, for better, or for worse, is doing that because a ton of people are watching his videos. A ton of people are interested in hearing what he has to say and what he's doing, especially now that he's created this supernatural narrative. He's yeah. He's so. So this can takes me in another point of of our own show and our own life uh, in terms of this podcast. I'm going out of my way to not be scummy with the way we we promote our show, and we don't have that many listeners. We obviously don't have the millions of viewers that Lance Stewart has, but. I really don't want to ever be spammy with the way we we uh, we quote unquote market our show. Uh, Never check our YouTube channel, then. Oh boy, what what are you doing there, Brian? Oh, all caps, all tinlining, all the time. See, I, I'm not in charge of the YouTube channel. I I'm on Instagram, and uh, I think you've you've blocked me from our Facebook account, right? Because I'm so <laughs> bad at that. Uh, yeah, you need to stop liking Facebook posts as the page itself. So. His his way of marketing himself is is really scummy, and these videos, in another way, are ruining the way. Like, so you and I are don't necessarily believe that there's actual ghosts and stuff, right? But I'm le- I leave the door open to the possibility, exactly. but rationally speaking, those things don't exist to me. But you leave the door open to it, and if somebody actually presents proof you'd be very open to it, right? So if... If if someone presented these Lance Stewart videos to me as proof, I would probably chase them around with some kind of prop, like one of those uh, very wacky 1930s movies. And, and that's the problem. This guy is actually really giving fuel to the fire of people making fun of actual research going into uh, people seeing what ghosts or whatever they may be are because people see things that are weird what are they necessarily we don't know it could be psychological it could be uh, environmental but the stuff he's doing and passing it off as real and he's he's really working this as it it's completely real to him apparently um but it's it's making it more difficult for anybody who wants to try and actually get the truth of these things uh to here's do a, their job. Here's a question for you. Do you think that Lance Stewart is being chased around by the ghost of paranormal integrity? Like, <laughs> do you think that maybe this is the whole thing? Is that like, yeah, maybe he is getting messed up because of the fact that like real ghosts are getting pissed off at what he's doing in the name of, uh, you know, a paranormal fun. And I use fun very much in air quotes. That'd be really amazing, and he's actually then proven the existence of of actual <laughs> by ghosts. his own crappiness. Because there's there's some a lot of these a lot of these shows uh, that uh, show paranormal activity of any kind are complete garbage. They're all fabricated. Um, there's but there's uh, I'm Facebook friends with uh, 
with somebody who actually hosted uh, one of these shows, a Canadian version of these shows. And he, he's a sincere guy. He actually ran for office recently uh, in Nova Scotia, and uh, he's a good guy. And he did, said he's had. Did some any weird... of his platform have ghosts? No, but no. Uh, his opponents uh, did kind of latch on to his his uh, work in UFOs and stuff like that, and uh, sort of uh, worked it against them. But he came in second. Um, he he ran for the, the the conservative party, but he's not. It's it's Canadian conservative party. You know what I mean? In Nova Scotia, it's not exactly uh, Trump. Um, he's more liberal than anything else. But yeah, um, you're not about to build a wall around uh, that part of the world. No, exactly. But uh, that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying that uh, this, the stuff he said he's seen is really interesting. But he's also open to saying, well, it's not necessarily ghosts. It could be anything. It could be uh, it, more likely uh, environmental than anything else, right? You go to these old places, you hear weird noises. There's something that happens. There could be a draft. It could be misconstrued as something. We The best stance here is i don't know not enough people say i don't know angelo and i think that's a big problem right so if you look at last week when we talked about secure team 10 this week this russian vids guy uh, people like lance stewart and i have to make a differentiation i think that lance stewart knows that he's full of crap but oh, absolutely doesn't care whereas people like russian vids and secure team 10 obviously believe the things that they say and the content that they put out right so i think um, as much as Lance Stewart with his, you know, poop eating grin, um, uh, understands what he's doing is just, uh, theatrical. I don't know if that creates as much of a disservice as people like Russian vids and secure team 10, who honestly, earnestly believe in the things that they do and say and put up that, yeah, that ends up being more of a problem and, uh, stuff like that, or, uh, st- stuff that's important, let's say, uh, like, uh, I also think, too, that um, a big differentiation to be made is that people like Secure Team 10, their viewing audience is a lot older, whereas people like Lance Stewart, anyone above the age of like 17 can clearly tell that this dude is just trolling hard. I, I think he's just a parody of a parody of a parody at this point. He's not the... So he's playing a character who's playing a character, basically. If you know, if you know what I mean, like he's three levels deep into a character. Yeah, so he's like through the lens of the Lance Stewart Viner, he's now creating a paranormal uh, spinoff or persona of this. Exactly, and um, the thing I was getting at before with things that are being like that are important, like when when conspiracy theorists start like spouting off about vaccines and climate change, that that stuff's important. You can't, you have to go with the facts with that ghosts and other types of conspiracies and, and ufos and things like that are more on the fun side of things but i guess they're serious to other people that are are deeply affected by them like uh people that have had uh, a possible close encounter or believe they had a close encounter and it's ruined their lives in terms of uh of, of mental wellness but uh this guy is just making a joke out of everything and Really, really uh, creating uh, an atmosphere where this can be easily made fun of. And anybody who actually does believe in this or is interested in finding out what is actually going on, he ruins all that. 
Conversely, though, the silver lining, I guess, of the entire situation is people who may never have had any interest in this will suddenly look things up. And actually get some some good information, maybe? Yeah, that, that's that's possible. I mean, like, I'm trying to spin this in a positive way because I think that his videos are the worst. Yeah. But I do think that, like, if you're an impressionable youth and you find out about Ouija boards, you find out about spirits, you can start Googling around. The internet is your friend. You have it in your pocket. You have it in your home. You have it at school. You probably have it in your dreams and don't even realize it. But there's a chance for you to be able to look these things up and start engaging um, the content in a way that you're like, you come to a point where you realize that these Lance Stewart videos uh, may be your starting off point. They may not be the best starting off point, but really they're the start of a journey. Well, and and the, the interesting stuff with this is the mythology around the day. Like uh, a Ouija board, that it's, it's complete garbage in my opinion. Uh, I'll sell you mine. I have a vintage 1970s and, one. And there's some people that believe it. I remember we were in high school once and our friend and my friend had created one and the whole bunch, because there was, I think there was, what was wrong there? Anyway, it was one of those days when we were doing nothing and we were playing with a Ouija board. Uh, and I, I the, we made it out of, out of paper and, and, and cardboard. And they all insisted that it was working. And I was looking at this and saying, well, you guys are moving it. No, nobody's moving it. But, oh, that's another part of the Lancaster video. You can tell when he's moving the Ouija board because his fingers uh, create little crooks. Oh yeah, they're not straight. Uh, Ethan completely pointed that out. And a master Ouija manipulator, such as I used to be in a former life, knows how to handle it without it seeming like you've actually are putting any work into it. So Lance Stewart, you need to work on your hand game, bro. And and a Ouija board is a board game. It's made by Milton Bradley. It's not a real thing. And some people truly believe in that, and and good for them. I mean, if it helps them out in one way or another to to make contact with somebody, but. Uh, it's that's some in terms of things that are proven as being not real. It's the Ouija board. It's it, it's complete psychological phenomena. It's not uh, it's not something that's actual real. And that is not that's something I'll say I don't know about. That's I know it's proven. It's wrong. It's like a fact. Um, other stuff though, things that happen to some other people, I don't know. Um, and this is so. If this were real, this would be the best. Uh, video and photographic evidence of any sort of ghosts or anything ever. But well, also one of the not... most well exposed, given the guy's fan base. Yeah, but it's not real because it's not. He should he should go and get and claim the million dollar Randy prize there. Uh, it's if it's real, but it's not. And that's something that um, I've said will come up often with me. But where's all the evidence? If if now we have cameras on us all the time. We haven't seen any ghosts. We haven't seen any real pictures of anything. Uh, not that I know of. Do you know of any actual footage that you've seen that people are presenting as real and has been can't be uh, falsified in any way? Well, I mean, there's Jose Escamilla and the rods, which we can get. Oh, oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about them. I, I don't. We're, we're not talking about rods this week. Why? We, we ran out of time again. You have to move, right? This is your last night in your in your Brian bunker, in your Brian podcasting pod. I'm slowly moving out of my singular pod to join another person's uh, more well organized pod, and uh, live a happier life in one uh, building instead of two. So next week, when you're settled in, we might be able to get the rods. If our producer lets us and we have time, absolutely, we will discuss rods ad infinitum. We may even make a top five rod image compendium you know we might do a top five or top ten okay that's a good idea there's nothing right now that makes me think like hey like here's irrefutable proof 
of any sort of supernatural or paranormal activity. And I'm going to continue looking. I mean, that's the thing. I think ultimately you and I are interested if anything ever pops up. It's naturally skeptical of anything that does. And I think then anything that does come up is very quickly debunked in this modern age. So the the moral of the story here is that uh, this guy's videos are fake. Ethan and Healer are amazing for totally making fun of him and exposing him. Uh, and uh, there's no actual good evidence or video proof of any hauntings yet uh brian and i are open to that and if anybody listening to this has any actual uh interesting things for us to read or discuss about hauntings uh proof that anything is possible and real about this please uh tweet at us or send us an email have you ever mentioned our email address on this i did earlier this episode because clearly you're paying attention oh, i forgot that you mentioned the email address okay <laughs> So our email address, once again, is doubledensitypodcast at gmail.com. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash doubledensitypodcast. Our Instagram is the same one word, doubledensitypodcast. And our Twitter handle is double underscore density. And I just want to get one last word in about all of this. And that um, the found footage UFO abduction video from a couple of weeks ago is much more realistic than Lance Stewart's antics and presents a much broader and better view of uh, what a, par- a paranormal phenomena could look like. They seem a lot more sincere in that. They, they seem to react like actual humans do and not like somebody who's mugging for the camera and trying to get more views and uh, going viral of, uh, one way or another. Angelo is uh, clearly breaking down the essence of what a modern-day Viner looks like here on Double Density. I know my stuff. Double Density presents the sounds of your youth. Double Density. This has been episode 9 of the Double Density Podcast, and you can find us on the internet in various places. So as we mentioned just before, and for the third time this episode for some reason, <laughs> you can email us at gmail at double density podcast one word at gmail.com you can find us on facebook at double density podcast one word same thing on instagram double density podcast and you can tweet at us tweet at us how enraged you are that we keep plugging our socials this week at double underscore density tune in next week as i record from a brand new lead line bunker out in the arizona desert so angelo see ya hey you stole my line bye You ready to get back into it? No. No? <laughs> Thanks, dude. Thanks. Uh, uh, this cat's back. What the hell? Hold on. Let me see if I can push her away. Okay. She doesn't like me talking to you. This, this new microphone thing is really cool. Maybe your new pop filter is what's attracting her, though. No, she's, she's going on the desk. She does this whenever I'm at the computer, which is one of the reasons I want a new iPad, so she can't do this anymore. She attacks my wires. Move away, Lolly. Come on. Are you recording all this? You'll have this at the end. Ooh.